Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed at episode number 256. If you want your extremities to stay attached, stand absolutely still. Otherwise, we'll provide a baggie. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I got a new tattoo. <laughs> it's counting down to something. I don't know what. Uh, I'm fine, Keith. <laughs> I don't know how I am. Sean's unsure. <clears throat> Usually that's not a good sign, Sean. Well, let's move on to feedback <laughs> or news. <laughs> no, well, let's move on to news. Our one and only bit of news is Time Eddie has added a few guests uh, since our last update. They have just today, if you're listening to this the next, yesterday, they added Mark Strickson. Mr. Turlow himself will be there. And. They had previously announced Bob Baker. I was trying, looking oh. it up to make sure I knew his name. I loved him on Price is Right. I don't know what that has to do with Doctor <laughs> Who, but... It's uh, Barker. Huh? That's Bob Barker. Oh, Bob Barker. For those who don't know who Bob Baker is, <laughs> he created Canine. And not only that, he has a, large, a long history of adding some great mythos to Doctor Who. Um... A, his first story he did was Clause of Axos, and then he later wrote The Three Doctors. So he introduced Omega, and then later The Invisible Enemy, introducing K9, and owns the property to K9. So he's the one behind the movie coming out. Uh, and then he's. Uh, he said, I own the property of K9, and I own the property rights to Omega? Hmm. <laughs> These two Let's guys see. should be in a film together. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun to see him, and supposedly he has some really great stories to tell of his times on working on the show. Looking forward to that. Yeah. That's it for news. Alrighty. <laughs> Let's move on to feedback. Our first bit of feedback is. Some audio from Theta Sigma. Let's take a listen. This week's story was one that left me going, what just happened there? Can someone please explain that to me as I have no idea what just went off? I have to admit that I was left floundering by the lack of opening credits and I'm sure I wasn't the only one watching who 10 minutes in was starting to think, wow, this has got to be the longest pre-credit sequence in Doctor Who history. Though I'm probably the only one daft enough to admit it. Now, I've read several reviews of this episode and even listened to a couple from other podcasts. And while Michael over at the Tin Dog podcast and the three who rule over at Radio Free Scarrow all admitted not completely understanding it, they did seem to enjoy the episode. For me, I'm undecided, but that's because I'm still not sure what the heck happened. I love the idea of the found footage style, but for me this went on way too long. It's fair to say that it was an incredibly brave stand to build the whole show around it, but for the viewer it was ridiculously hard to concentrate and stick with the storyline. The dust cam viewpoint was a good move, but again it went on for too long and became a little confusing at times. In fact, so confused am I about this episode, I'm turning to Clint Hassel over at DoctorWhoTV.co.uk to wind up my review. Over to you, Clint. It's difficult not to cheer on Mark Gatiss. Like Russell T. Davis and Stephen Moffat, or David Tennant and Peter Capaldi, Gatiss is a lifelong Whovian, both talented and lucky enough to actually affect Doctor Who's official canon. This is part of the reason why it's so frustrating that his episodes are wildly uneven. For every Gatiss-penned episode that finds just the right balance between madcap adventure and dark science fiction, for example The Unquiet Dead and The Crimson Horror, or that capably mines the emotional context of its characters like Night Terrors, there's an episode as nonsensical as The Idiot's Lantern, boring and joyless as Victory of the Daleks, or inane as Robot of Sherwood. Unfortunately, Gatiss' latest script most resembles his previous Cold War, which failed to capitalise on the potential inherent to its title. 
a standard base under siege episode with an unoriginal new technology has nasty unforeseen side effects plot, Sleep No More seems better suited as a comic strip adventure in a Doctor Who annual, with several scenes contributing to nothing to the overall plot. Deep Ando having to sing Mr. Sandman being the worst offender. This episode seems to be a 25 minute idea stretched into a 45 minute runtime. So there you have it. I was left confused enough to have to look elsewhere to complete my review. As yet I've not had time to watch it a second time, but I'm hoping that as everyone out there seems to think, I'll enjoy it a little more when I do. Thank you, Data Sigma. We appreciate that. And uh, didn't sound like he liked it very much. <laughs> I think he saw the fence on it. Confused he, like he, many of us. He certainly talked about the unevenness of Mark uh, Gaddis' stories as we talked about last week. So. I think it's interesting that from from listening to him that um, other podcasts liked it. They think they just weren't sure they understood it, which I <laughs> feel like we're the op- we're the flip side of that because I think we all understood it. We just didn't like. I didn't understand the ending of it. But. Um, and then uh, the 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 talking about Gatus's writing being uneven. I think everybody agrees on that, but apparently nobody can agree on which episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the man's an enigma. What can we say? A mystery. And if, if wrapped you, in a riddle. If you haven't recently, go check out Theta Sigma's Doctor Who podcast. He does some good stuff over there. That's it for feedback. I think everybody's in shock this season. <laughs> I think That's so. All, all I can come up with. <laughs> it, was, it was good. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> Which do we want to delve into first of the two reviews we're tackling? Well, let's season? just uh, do it as we've been doing all along and start with the book. All righty. Keith, you got a synopsis? For I us? sure do. Mutually, mutually assured domination. I'm glad I'm not the one that was reading that title. The Dominators, <laughs> the masters of the Ten Galaxies, have come to Earth and brought with them their deadly robot weapons, the Quarks. It's the summer of '69. Flower power is at its height, and nuclear power is in its infancy. Journalist Harold Chorley is out of work, and Colonel Alastair Lethbridge Stewart is out of sorts. Dominic's industries are up, are on the up, promising cheap energy for all. But people have started going missing near their plant near Dartmoor. Coincidence? Or sinister forces at work? Join Lethbridge Stewart and uneasy ally Harold Chorley as they delve into the secrets behind Dominic's and uncover the plan that could bring about the end of the world! Dun, dun, dun. Quite enjoyed this one. Quite enjoyed this one. It's, it's yeah. funny because I went into it thinking, okay, this will be the one I don't like. Not because it has quarks, not because it has dominators. Because <laughs> I'm not that guy. That's that guy over there sitting on the other mic. But That's Sean. He's pointing at <laughs> Yeah, not, not Keith for sure. Keith is, if it's Keith, quarks, I'm going to like it. a quark fanatic. But um, and I like the quirks. I've, I've I've always liked the quirks. No, I really never made one. any. But I, I I went into this thinking, okay, surely I can't like the fourth Lethbridge Stewart book in a series as well as they've been doing. So, and I finished it. Went nope, another home run. <laughs> <laughs> but for very different reasons. In this yeah. Um, this one for me didn't have as much of those. Fan moments, those that, those those the fan service that no. I think the the other books, specifically I think Andy's books do do that. I think Schizoid Earth does in in a way because it especially ties into some things generally. But uh, this one just it, it 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 really I think the thing that stands out is it does explain or almost justifies a certain. Second Doctor episode <laughs> with just a, a few words uh, saying, you know, there's just one line in there that really kind of kind of justifies or fixes Dominators for me. So, um, but which, overall, which, which line? It's just a lot of fun. It was it was particularly was you remember early. what happens what happened to the scout team we sent to Planet uh, Dolcus. Yeah, Planet Dolcus. So I was like, okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just uh, inept. I suppose they, they were inept dominators. They were on, well, and, and and it gave a reason for the corks being less than phenomenal. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this story goes a long way to help build up the quirks to their awesome. Yeah, really. In my opinion, really, really like the quirks in this. And I don't know how much of it is just my own retconning to help the quirks be awesome, or if some of it, if if it was between the lines, or if it was more actually on the pages. In this story. Well, I tell you, first and foremost, just as a reminder, this is a spoiler-free review of the yes, book. Yes, it is. Which just came out? Yeah, it came out came Friday, Friday, I believe. Friday. Um, so it is in stores now and available, and uh, we'll make sure that it's the December Book Club of the Month. It already Since we're running a, by, uh, running a month behind on them. Um, so throwing that out there, that no, we're not going to spoil too much. Uh, well, uh, well the, anything, we're not going to spoil anything. But. This, unlike the other <clears> ones, I feel like we can talk about without spoiling it. Unlike the other ones where there's this big twist halfway through or some big reveal, the, it, the story goes along and it's kind of – it's I don't want to say predictable because that sounds bad because it wasn't predictable. It was, it was very enjoyable and it hit all the notes I wanted it to hit. And so – but there – that means there wasn't any big surprises in it that we need to – any minds that we need to avoid. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get you. This more than any other of the series so far felt like a classic Doctor Who episode. It really felt like uh, a point A to point B. It was there was there were some revelations, but it was nothing that was earth shattering or, you know, that <gasps> quite a surprise there. But it was such a a well paced, enjoyable story, and there were some prizes. Some surprises. Don't get me wrong. I did. There were there were moments where I sort of kind of wondered, okay. Where is this going to go? But um, overall, it's really it re- reminds me of a, of a four part um, classic Who story from from probably even early Troughton, uh, Hartnell, so that that kind of era, maybe even Third Doctor era. Um, yeah, so it's just it's 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 fun in that way. It's it's yeah. it's, it's nice because you, and and you do continue. It, it, it's one of those ones that you continue to you go on and on and on because you don't want to put it down because. The it's so engaging in the action and what's happening, and I think the other thing that was thoroughly enjoyable about this, and it's in the synopsis, is that this is really uh, Chorley and Lethbridge Stewart's story. Yeah, and and Lethbridge Stewart, uh, Lethbridge Stewart, I think, features more in this than he has in anything since The Forgotten Son, and so that was quite enjoyable. For me, I think the one thing that I think could have been done better is I think that the without giving too much away, the band of brothers or the, the helpers that show up when he calls in the favor show up far too late in the story i think though the simple fix for that would have been give us one chapter on each of those characters of early exploits of why they yeah. owe favors to uh lethbridge stewart um but but and that could have been a simple fix but because i liked the characters when they do come along so much it's not it's not a detriment it's just one of those things that i kind of it left me wanting to know more about these guys maybe not necessarily why they owe him favors but a chapter of each ending Fleshy. with the phone call yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or and then or, they all show up at the diner or, that, or at least or something even a chapter with all yeah, four in at there. least something fleshing the characters out yeah. just a little more than than we get in in the last half of this book so I'll agree with that. I, I um I went into I, I try and go into everything with an open mind. And this one maybe have been a little bit more of a struggle because okay, it's the dominators. Okay, it's the quarks. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to Keith all night long if this is good. <laughs> okay, so let's go. So I dive into it and I start reading. And it's wonderful. It's 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 like you said, it feels the most like a classic Doctor Who story of, of any of the books that we've read. And I was all kinds of prepared to be disgusted because I don't like Chorley in, in Web of yeah. Fear. And, and, he's, and of- he's a good character and he's a lot of fun and he's interesting to read. And he makes relatively smart decisions throughout the whole thing. So I can't, you know, I can't transfer really wasn't any... that likable in the previous he's books not, either. Yeah, he's, he's not likable as a character. But here he's actually given a chance to be, oh, okay, yeah, you're kind of cool. You're not bad. I, I was... When we set up with that, and it kind of is, you know, I forget the first chapter, so it's Harold Chorley's London, and you're kind of like, okay, this is going to be a Harold Chorley book, just like the previous one was a... Yeah, and Travers. And Travers book. And the Brig's going to get pushed to the background. And he wasn't. The Brig is is the Brig in this, even though he's not the Brig yet. And he's he's making his, you know, he's worrying over things, and 
he, he's distracted at work because he's got this other thing on his mind. Even though the instincts are there, the instincts are that something is going on, and you know, okay, so he has to go through all that. I just all of that really worked for me. And then we get the Dominators, and I was again, I was re- really prepared for this to be okay. Let's see what you do with them. But just the way that they put it together with well, the Dominators in this time frame, yeah. And the, the one thing that really just blew me out of the water was when the, uh, I think it was uh, 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 Stuart, uh, Lethbridge Stewart when he was watching him on TV and he thought he had the face of a Roman emperor. And I went, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that fixes so much. All of it. Just that one line to describe these guys because they're not comical. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're very serious. They're very serious. And it's, it still doesn't change their M.O. either. No, it no. doesn't. That was the other thing. Is that That's the brilliant They beautifully thing. worked around this. And like you said, the one line with uh, the, the, the quirks and the, the the fixing yeah. the quirks from the Dominators and why they did I, I was a little, when that one reveal happened, in regards to the quirks specifically, the first time that happened, I was kind of like, I don't know. I think you're kind of stretching to make them a little cooler. <laughs> But as the story progressed and we got more specific details on how they operated and why they did the things that they did, it was like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with the fact that we never saw that happen in the episode yep. because of the situation of that episode. It, yeah. it just all of a sudden worked, and I love the quirks now. Yay! I love the quirks now based on this well, book. Well, I think the, the author of this, Nick Walters, he paints a beautiful picture of his descriptions are not overly wordy, but they're very succinct and, and, and direct, and you really get an idea of what they look like, what the Dominators look like, as you said, the Roman Emperor, just the, the look of a Roman Emperor, just the descriptions of the characters as it goes along. And yeah, and with the Corks, he fixes a lot of things because he says this one thing and then justifies... The, the the reason why the quirks start out so bad in this, so good. I mean, so so dominant in this, and so well, yeah. When he goes along and does kind of explain that as it, as it as it goes along, it, it, that that's what makes the quirks so much more wonderful. What elevates them so much more. And then he not only justifies why they were the way they were in the Dominators, he almost he goes the step to kind of justify why they're designed the way they are. And, yeah. and a lot of subtext without outright saying it, you pick up the idea of why they're they look the way they do. Yeah, storage and you know transport and everything. It just it, all of that was oh, like yeah. that, that, one of the one of the that, best things is the the idea that the head comes off and then is seated inside the the square chamber or the rectangular chamber when they're stored for travel. <laughs> what a great that idea! Saves lots of space. <laughs> you can stack them that way. Yeah. They're like battle droids. Well, and then, <laughs> just, just all of a sudden was and that, the, the idea that, that image that the voice and everything is also disarming because it's deceptive of what they really are. Well, and the, the line about um, that they were almost childlike, playful, and it was yeah. a, a character trait that the engineers could never figure out. <laughs> it was like, okay, yeah, I'm along. They created for the ride a sentient on, being. What do I'm you along for the ride on this. You yeah. guys did a great. Um, well, it was I, almost it was almost implied that that was kind of camouflage. It was it was, yeah. it was a subterfuge well, because you, know, you don't really you you don't expect these things to be such vicious robots because they come out and they're all baby like and robotic. And cute and I, I think what was funny is you you kind of got both. You, you could read it from both ways because Lethbridge Stewart he refers to it that, implies yes. the, the, that it was a, a thing. Yeah. The Dominator implies that it's just. And we, we can't we make them work why. right. Yeah. <laughs> they just do their thing, man. And just either way, it's yeah. like, yeah, this I'm on board with this. You guys disagree. I will go so far as to say, and it was, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed all these books. I think I may have enjoyed this one the best oh, is out that of right? all four of wow. them. Wow. And maybe it was because I wasn't quite sure what I was getting into. You didn't set your expectations. That my expectations high. weren't as yeah. quite as it. Maybe, that, maybe that's a fair assessment. But I just, coming away with it and this one feeling the most like... A classic Who story, this one having the most fun, and, and honestly, I don't want to say simple, but having a natural progression, straightforward from A to B to C, and not having a lot of timey-wimey when, folding back on itself. I didn't have to, I didn't have to think as hard. When, when they announced you know, this book line, this story is pretty much what I expected. So the first three were brilliant surprises of twists and turns. But then this was the familiar friend that I expected from the, yeah. the, the stories that they told me they were going to tell. Yeah. 
And like I said, it's it's not that the ones previously were bad in any way, shape, or form. I enjoy being challenged during a read. But sometimes it's nice just to kick back and let and be entertained. And this one for me was the entertaining book of the set that just kind of, you know, like you said, the other ones had the fan wank and the this was appreciative and we'll look at this little nugget here. And then the the implode the good story the back of, and forth nature yeah. of how the stuff was put together and I really had to dissect it and go, Oh, okay, I see where you're going. And so there was all that. This one was just kind of like, here. And it was like, yeah, this was the cherry on top. I think what makes it more refreshing, too, is the fact that we, we've done we, we've gotten a book a month nearly. Yeah. And at least on this show, we've reviewed a book a month. <laughs> well, they've come in out this a book entire a month. series. Oh. And so it's been kind of refreshing. It was kind of refreshing for not that it felt like it was a, a um, chore in any way, but you've got these the first three and by the time you get to the fourth book you're almost a little exhausted because they are so challenging mm-hmm. and then when you get to this one it's a, it's almost kind of a, a relief that it's a straightforward story yeah. it's it's enjoyable and it it it, it works and i think it, it's it's a nice capstone stone for the first four books in this series because because of that yeah. because it finally is kind of it's almost a breather i hate to say that because it makes it sound like the book isn't that good because it but that's not what i'm saying it's just almost a breather in this series to be able to kind of wind down and say, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go for when, when it is I a think nice a change of pace from, from, from where we, we've been going with these yeah. stories. Yeah. And so it's nice to get something that's a little more straightforward, a little more actiony, a little more, uh, you know, a little more in line maybe with what the, 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 the he's not the, if it was a bond film, <laughs> the, the first ones have kind of been the evolution of Daniel Craig as he's becoming Bond, and then this is the now he is Bond. You know, in, in that kind of regard, you can really see the first ones that Lethbridge Stewart that we know is in there. He's just not quite there yet because he hasn't got the backing. He doesn't have the power and the authority to do what he needs to. And in this one, even though circumstances are still a little different, you can tell that he's there, even if maybe some of the other pieces aren't there yet. Yeah. Well, I think, and I, I just I think very much more so because he's in his element. Because yeah. he finally is. This is more of a militaristic book. This is more of a yeah, really Stewart man of action. Yeah, this Ex- yeah. We get yeah. a little bit of that in Forgotten Son. We get a little bit of that in Schizoid Earth. I don't think we get that much of that because I feel like his hands are tied a lot for um, Beast of Fang Rock. But then this one is more of just the straightforward man of action, get things done brigadier that we're used to from the classic series. So that's probably where, where that comes down on. I was trying to think of a good analogy of of it's like if you, okay you're comparing Christopher Nolan films some of the other ones were Memento or some of the Prestige some of the heavier uh-huh. mind think ones and this is more the Batman story yeah that's true okay yeah I'll go with that <laughs> I was trying to do it with Doctor <laughs> Who stories but I could not yeah, come up with no, a good it, example it, it works it works um, back to Charlie. I just, I th- almost this book almost justifies Charlie too, because as you were saying, you, you don't you don't really like Charlie. You don't like Charlie from Web of Fear. You don't like the guy. He feels yeah. like a smarmy journalist. And then there's nothing that they do to imply that he's not in any of the former books from the, in this series, as they describe him or t- talk about him or they talk about what's going on. And oh, I love the fact that Green showed back up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was cool. Just that, even though it was more of a brief, well, for lack of a better word, cameo, I like that he had some some something to do in this, uh, as minor as it well, was. And, and it kind of gave a some sort of resolution from a previous story yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thoroughly loved Hamilton, Major Hamilton, in this. Yes, so good because he's <laughs> always seemed like that. He's almost seemed like in the past. Sort of that um, that barrier. He almost seemed like that 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 he guy. He was the that person just, standing in the way. Exactly, of exactly. Created. Yeah. And to see him get more involved in this was <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I like this guy now. And and he's it, it for all the right reasons too. It, I mean, the, the reason he was standing in the way is almost justified in this one. Well, and it explains why. Yeah. Very well explains why there's been some stalwarting <laughs> and 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 playing with that notion because he he's still very. Stonewalling yeah, yeah, yeah. up until a certain point, and <laughs> I, I, I suspected his motivations. I suspected his identity. <laughs> Not gonna lie, there were a couple times when I was like, "Who are you, and what have you done with the real Major Hamilton?" 
So, I mean, and, and so when, when you can, when you can write those characters, characters we've been introduced to previously and still make us question, you know, and, yeah. and not in a way that, well, so-and-so wouldn't say that, but do it in such a way that like, oh, maybe something has happened. Or when you take Chorley, who's been a worm and kind of despised and not likable, and then suddenly flip it and make me care about him. Yeah. I was like, oh man. So that's the hallmark of a, of a good writer. And, yeah. you know, um, I think the other thing that, that bothered me a little bit, and it didn't bother me. The other thing that I wanted more of was Emma and Mike, too. Was Emma? Was that her name? Yeah. yeah. Emma they and Mike. Yeah, I wanted I could, a little more Emma and Mike. I, I think they they were a good um, pairing with Chorley. It was a good – they were a good device to get Chorley kind of where he needs to be and set his part of this story up. Yeah. But I really wanted to know more. And it almost felt like a throwaway line that, you know, well, they're okay. Everything's all right. You yeah. Know, yeah. I could have used a bit more follow up yeah. with them. So. Yeah. Well, because it really almost felt like they were going to be a little more integral to the, yeah. the, the way the plot proceedings were happening. And then it, it's, it's truly in a bunch of civilians up to this point. And then it's Chorley and the brig and a bunch of civilians up to this point. And then it's a brig and a bunch of military to yeah. the end. You know? yeah. so. And Chorley thrown in not, there. Not, not, in not there. to spoil anything. <laughs> you know, but. A little Chorley sprinkled in there, too. Um, that was the other thing that was really cool. And I, I can't – that's the one part that I kind of feel like I can't say too much about. But toward the end, Chorley's involvement with yes. what was happening yeah. at the end. Yeah. And how we got this massive info dump. Yeah. But it didn't feel like an info dump. It didn't feel like an info dump. And also, doesn't destroy the continuity, doesn't change anything. To, it's not all of a sudden stuff. Bolst- bolsters the continuity. Yeah, really. Actually, almost gives. Well, but it's not. It's also not something that helps is going to be backstory as well. It's not going to be in a file somewhere in the black archive. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> the way it was done, it was like that's so cool. <laughs> Agreed. Um, we we haven't heard the the last of the Dominators. I have a feeling either. So. No, I don't think so either. Pretty cool book. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very Highly, highly, very highly cool. recommend it. it. And look forward to do a little more spoilery review <laughs> in the future. Um, we are putting Schizoid Earth on the schedule to do a spoiler review very soon. Yes. So that's coming. And then obviously we'll we'll do Beast and, and um, this one as well. Mad. Mad. <laughs> Mad. Um, anything else on this one? I don't think so. I, thir- I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I, I am kind of looking forward to having that little bit of a break, break and not yeah. having another. Because I think the next one comes out in the spring. Yeah, I think, I think right. you're right. Yeah. So uh, it'll be kind of nice to get just a little bit of a breather. Although from, the next one, did you guys see who was writing it? Yeah. That's exciting. It is exciting. I guess we should say. <laughs> is, it, is it stunt casting with the guest author? I, I don't know. A certain actor's, actress's daughter. Elizabeth Sladen's. Well, Elizabeth Sladen's daughter, yes. Yeah. yes. Moonblink. That's her, the next book, that's right? the next book. Yeah. By Sadie Miller. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up her name. That's why I was stalling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, we also we want to say again, thank you very much to uh, Candy Jar Books for allowing us to review these. And, uh, get and, we, and we do also plan on tackling some of the short stories they've done yeah, set yeah. between the books. There are some pieces that have been uh, There's available. especially one that uh, came with this one that yeah. I think we're all biting or jumping at. <laughs> yeah, to get jumping to. at the bit or bid. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we, the, the, we're really excited. There's still some more uh, – Lethbridge Stewart <laughs> to, to go here before, <laughs> even before we get to spring. So yeah. well, we're going to tackle those as we go as well. So do yourselves a favor. If you are, uh, have not yet uh, subscribed to the Lethbridge Stewart series, you could do far worse things. Oh, oh yeah. So absolutely. Put, put, put it on your Christmas list and, uh, and, and, and get them ordered because they're, they're good. Jump right in. All right. Let's move on to this week's episode of series nine. Face the Raven. The Doctor and Clara with their old friend Riggsy find themselves in a magical alien world hidden on a street in the heart of London. Sheltered within are some of the most fearsome creatures of the universe. And to shield them. With a death sentence hanging over their heads, not all of the intruders will get out alive. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. It wasn't a bad episode by any means. No. It doesn't deserve a horn. No. Um... Maybe it, just maybe just a subtle dun dun dun. I mean, it's. I think some of it is it's got utopia syndrome. 
Because it's the setup for the finale, too. Yeah, maybe. Because it's a standalone story, but yet goes straight into the two-part finale. Yeah, yeah. I... I, I, I explains why we got a one-off last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got two-parter, 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 one-off, three-parter. I have thought about this and thought about this and thought about this all day today, trying to figure out where I come down on it. And for about an hour, I was I, I really wanted to just sound the, the horn. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it, it, it was just it was that. And then for about an hour, I really wanted to give it a really big dun-dun-dun. And then for about an hour, I wanted to give it a little bit of both, kind of like last week's, that I think this was done really well, but this was not done so well. And I'm, I'm still torn over all of those things. I think at its core, it's a good story. I think it's a good episode. And I think it deserves at the very least a dun, dun, dun. But there's a lot of little niggling things that I'm afraid to pull at. And in see case the whole tapestry of, yeah. collapses in front of me. In case they are settled later. Yeah, that's I don't know my, That's my thing. Is there's there, some stuff that I think some will be. Depends, depends, on, I hope depends on what be, thread you're going to pull at. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that's really much other than the elephant in the room, which is Clara really, really dead or... Is this part of some sort of? Oh no, I think she's really, really dead. I think she is too. And and, and I, I didn't. It didn't occur to me until the second viewing. I wondered if Ashilda was going to sacrifice herself to save the street. That that was why she put it on Rigsy and then would take it back because you can't trans. You can't escape the death. You can only transfer it. I wondered if she was going to take it, and then the Raven would kill her in order to save the street. Could she, even though she's immortal? She's not. Did they ever say you couldn't accident. get rid of it? They just said you couldn't cheat it. You can't escape it. That's what they say. They say you can't escape Specifically, it. you can't escape it. Because there, there is a death which oath. Which makes me wonder. Which, is, which, make, which, which makes way, me wonder what. That's the only way that I makes sense. justify the fact that she couldn't take it off Clara. Yeah. Is that no, no, it no, would no, have no, killed no. her, too. She, she couldn't have killed. Well, I see what you're saying. I don't think she could have taken it off Clara. Because they, Carla. Clara. Clara, when she did what she did, broke a shielder said it broke the contract that we don't know a what shielder the contract had, is. so there's no way a shielder could have. It, sound, it sounded like, from what she said, that a shielder could have taken it back from Riggsy. And yes. not but because it had got transferred, she no longer had a con. She never had. She was no longer a party in the contract, so she uh. couldn't take it off of Clara. That was my 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 question. Was I didn't realize it said. You couldn't run from it because it sounded like a shielder could have taken it back from Rib- Riggsy or taken the it off of Riggsy and everything would be fine. Nobody See, would have died because she kept saying I never no one intended. was going to get hurt. Yeah. I never intended anyone to get hurt from this because she had some sort of calculated plan. So I guess now you saying that it, it you couldn't escape it, it makes me wonder if maybe her motive was to take it back off of Riggsy and die. And yeah, and maybe that was her intention all along. But then obviously she couldn't and because she was no longer part of her. the contract. Right. But maybe she wouldn't have been truly sacrificing herself either because of the immortality. Maybe she would have died. It depends on how fulfilling the, the contract with the shade, and then woken back up and been like, we, "Yeah, okay, I'm fine." I don't get I, the impression I, she's a, doc, a doctor. I don't get the impression Captain she's Jack. a Captain Jack. I get the impression if something kills her, it kills her. Because I think she's the only immortal because said that she's immortal but not invulnerable. Yeah. yeah. So I think there are things that can kill her. I just think that she has this med pack implanted in her, so she's able to can overcome a basically, whole lot. yeah, heal from everything but death. Yeah. So. I don't know. This is one of those threads that I just, I'm not sure how much she, I want to pluck at it. Although she's been around for so long that maybe she was ready. Maybe and, and this that's, was, that's maybe that was her intention. Too. But I just, I got the impression that I thought the no escape was that the con- contract had to be fulfilled. And that's the no escape then. Be- and if she had taken the death mark off of him because he was found innocent then there would have been no reason for a death sentence. So that could have been taken away. The contract wasn't necessarily broken. It was just nullified. 
Yeah. Whereas except, when it was transferred to Clara, there was no way to except unless, unless nullify she, it because it was then at that point a broken contract. Mm. Or, or at least I, removed I, I her as a party. I think they need a better – give us a better explanation of how that all works. Yeah. I mean – Now I need to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I liked the the whole concept of the setup and why oh, too, why I, she did what she did. I didn't like what she did, but I I understand why she did what she did. And I, really I understand the idea of the streets. Yeah, well, I do too, but it was almost too Diagon Alley for me. Uh, it didn't have that In too. fact, had it just been a more industrial New York Street Modern. alley, it would have been or a London alley, I think I would have had better a better time with it. Now, I understand why they went the Diagon Alley type route because it obviously would have to be a very old, old, old alley that would have been because it was at least 100 so many years, years old. Before. Yeah, so uh, I think I said, I think I heard them say 200 at least. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't so, remember. How, it was just 100 years since. So the last it makes sense that it death. had that kind of, you know, uh, Victorian England look and feel, but it just, it, it was almost too much like they, they went into the. El, was it Elstree Studios where the Warner Brothers uh, oh. uh, or the set is? It almost feels like they went in there and shot on that set. So it was almost too much like Diagon Alley for me. Not that it's a bad thing. I mean, it, you, I'm, I'm all in favor for utilizing sets if you need to utilize sets, but it just it felt too much like a Harry Potter ripoff. Maybe that's my problem with it. Um, also, they didn't explain where she got this ability. I know she had that. Well, I, I'm assuming she that, had that was key. part of the contract, also. Yeah. So, because she was hiding the. I mean, they had those the lights that were shades. like a, a yeah dampener that that. Yeah, well, that well, that was all just and, part of the hiding the street. The, the the tattoos and stuff was all part of the quantum shades, the numbers and okay, the contract. So I assume that was part of it. I don't know. It just feels like there's much more to explore in the yeah, story. Yeah. See that, and that's that's one. And of even the two faced aliens were kind of cool, but it felt like there needed to be a little bit more there. I, 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 uh, I don't. I felt like they were a device, but I felt like they were a necessary device. I thought they were a well a well utilized device. Yeah. I didn't feel like I needed more about them. I think they were. What really felt like a device was Riggsy. I really felt like he was there for no other reason than to have somebody that Clara and the doctor were familiar with. To bring them in, yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel like there was any reason for them to have brought Riggsy back as a character. Yes and no. I I, I agree with the first part of it, that they needed to have somebody familiar to bring him back. As as Shielda points out, she couldn't have just invited him. Right. She, She needed a mystery of some sort. She totally could have. But that, hey, come check that's out not, this hidden street. That, that's a whole other. That's a whole other argument for this. Um, but I think, that, and having just watched it, because we watched um, Flatline with the first appearance of Riggsy, it's it's odd that he goes from living in Bristol to living in London, and from being this. Well, we don't know how much time has passed. We don't, but I, it, it just it just seemed odd that, that, that we had to change the character that much. But I think the reason it had to be Riggsy is Flatline is the first episode where Clara really is the doctor. You, you get kind of hints of it and you know but she's building to it. That's to the that one point. where she's actually being like the that. doctor and she's like actually pl- doctor you know playing the doctor. And so now that we're going to deal with the ramifications of all of that it makes sense to go back to that and pull somebody from and from pull that her experience. companion essentially. Yeah. And okay, because I'll buy that. Because if, if, if you'd grab the old crusty guy who was in charge of the probationary uh, workers, you, nobody would have gone and nobody would have cared. <laughs> and there has, I mean, the only other person they could have used was somebody from Unit. And Unit's been so, used so much this season already that they wouldn't want to bring Osgood in to be this plot device or Kate or some faceless unit dude. Well, and it, it it couldn't be unit from the standpoint that they would then know about the yeah you, yeah. you would so the doctor's threat at the end kind of falls apart at that point. Yeah. It, it it had to be just a, a a random human a random human. But again, somebody who's familiar enough with Clara to know what's going on, so it can't be and it have the, the school, doctor's it can't number be any from the yeah. So I mean, it, it was it was kind of in the same way. It was a, a character of convenience. Had had they not. Uh, 
killed Danny last season, he could have easily pulled this. Well, I think Courtney yeah. could have as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and almost that is. would have felt more natural to me, especially since we had a few stories with Courtney. Courtney's actually traveled in the yeah. TARDIS. Well, I mean, that's a good character. I didn't think I, 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 I Rigsy. Yeah, I guess so. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of lukewarm. I thought he was, I did, he was a fine character. He did a, a, a the, the actor did a, a great job. Um, he really seemed scared and concerned. And I also think that they went that angle because he had a wife and child. And I think they were trying to tug at they those heartstrings yeah. as well. There's a, there's a, there's more of give, a give solid Clara collection. a reason to sacrifice yeah. herself. Or, and give, and the, give the viewer a reason to feel bad for him or, or want him to yeah. be, his name to be cleared. Had he still been a kid on, uh, skid row. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just blanked. Uh, Community service, we yeah, probably wouldn't have cared as much. I, I do like that the characters revisited, and obviously he's cleaned up. He's cleaned up yeah. his life. He's cleaned up his act. He's got a wife. He's got a child now. He's responsible. And we can almost parent and, extrapolate that it's because. Although I didn't think he was very responsible when he just left the baby, but it wasn't until he was talking to the wife on the phone that the wife must have been at the house. <laughs> so he didn't just leave the baby in the bedroom. Bring the new human. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait a minute. It'll distract. <laughs> I thought it was neat that it was like almost that connection. He was all excited. Hey, a new human. You know, I was like, you made this. Because, what? Well, because the 12th doctor can be so bris- bristly sometimes that you just think he hates kids, but he never came across that he really hates kids. No. He, in fact, he was really, really impressed by the new human. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, and I really, I really like the idea that this street uses retcon. For anybody who stumbles across. That was a cool Torchwood reference. And you know what that tells me? Is that since we last saw Lady Me, she has now met Captain Jack. How That's how she got the retcon. Or how he got the retcon. Could be. <laughs> with, with the name <laughs> drop not, reference it just, in the last episode. <laughs> I thought, the last time I, thought, I saw her, it was dropped. And now, I actually thought the retcon thing was, I mean, if we've got this necklace and tattoos and whatever that'll... To put a mark on somebody, and it's that kind of. Why do we need a drug to erase somebody's memory? <laughs> but all right, whatever. <laughs> well, they all, they only got the mark and stuff if they commit a crime. I suppose they do. Don't they mention that the retcon drug was alien tech as well? So maybe that maybe that yeah. justifies it. Maybe that makes it even. Make, that and makes it better for me. That the retcon came from the uh, yeah. The street. That maybe it came from the alley. Okay, well, I'm, I'm fine with it now. <laughs> yeah, Jack probably stumbled across it. How could Jack he not be on in London that long without finding it? Yeah, I mean, he probably helped establish it. Yeah, George it totally makes have, sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this would have been such an easy way to bring Captain Jack back into Doctor Who. <laughs> dang it! Missed opportunity. Um, he's probably too he's busy, so busy with busy contracts. With stuff. <laughs> okay, so. Was anybody spoiled on the detail particulars of this episode going into it? Which detail particulars? The elephant in the room. Her death? Yeah. Did anybody I, know I kind of suspected. The one? Only I because of, I I'd seen suspected. earlier in the week that this was her last episode. Oh, okay. I didn't even see that. I'd just seeing the description for the next episode made me think, oh, maybe this is going to be it. I, I was I was spoiled. I was expecting I knew this. To be I the knew one. going into it that this is the last Clara. That she is. It's not just the last Clara episode that she's not in the next one. That this is the death episode, and it is death. So I knew that was the end of it. And I'm. And I, I saw Moffat say that she could never come back. He could easily go and pick yeah, her up earlier in the timeline. <laughs> it's there are gaps there. It kind of makes me wonder if that, that theory we had before about him already mentioning that just the little drops he was making about. Yeah, oh, that was coming. You know, it remember would we sense. talked about the wibbly wobbly aspect of it. That maybe some of these episodes were taking place after, especially, and he knew her fate. That, that's a really good point, especially if you look at his outfit because he's wearing the crushed velvet again. Finally, in this story, well, which he, very beginning. No, but he changed yeah, into it. He did. So, mm, it could be. I get, the other thing that I, I – sitting there with my family, they had no idea. Number one, that Clara was leaving the show. And number two, <laughs> that, that this was the death episode. All right, so, so explain s- to me their reaction. I, I'm give me, sitting give me there – well, they were just kind of numb to it. I mean, I think they were more in shock than anything that, that she was dead dead. But that being said, because they don't know she's leaving the show, 
and they, 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 she's, assume she's gonna... they, they assume she's going to get out of it. So there's at least that there, they have that false hope. All along, because I'm sitting there going, "Well, this set. is her last episode. I know she leaves." And so I'm just there going, "Okay, I'm ready to accept that this is it." And it's still, it was still pretty. I thought it was a pretty impactful scene. I it thought was, it, was, it, was it was more impactful powerful. on, I think, on the doctor's side of things for me. And then they're all going, "Well, you know, obviously he's going to do something to bring her back, or this, he'll go fix this." And I'm sitting here in my mind going, <laughs> eh, "I'm sorry, you guys don't realize that what's going." On. <laughs> and it wasn't until after all of that discussion that something clicked, and I thought. Did I find out that this was her last episode because this is trolling again? Is this Stephen Moffat putting it out there uh, that she's gone, she's dead, she's not coming back? She's, he's letting everybody he, he spoil that this is the last episode. And so everybody's expecting it. Everybody's expecting, okay, this is it, done, gone. And she shows up again in the, one of the next two episodes. It's possible. So I'm going to keep that out there on the, <laughs> on the hopeful. Because I think she's gone. I think she, she's obviously going off, and this is her last season. But it seems strange, number one, for another writer to write her death. Instead of Moffat. Instead of Moffat, which was the first thing that Holly picked up. She goes, oh, this one wasn't written by by Stephen Moffat. And I said, it wasn't? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So then I'm in this little funk like, wow, he handed that chore off to somebody else. And then the second thing was the fact that he's such a troll that my thought is <laughs> and she may still be dead dead no, don't get me wrong he's killed her two other times but before. there might be a reason why that we maybe that was we've it. maybe been, he's just done with killing her there, this <laughs> might be a reason why, and, and, and don't think this is hopeful thinking because i was ready for clara to leave i in fact i was ready for it to be a death because we even knew that i think ahead of time so yeah, it's not me of, going well she's not really dead fooling myself because i won't be surprised if we don't see her ever again on the other hand, part of me in the back you won't of my be mind surprised thinks, if you know you do. what? Yeah. If she shows back up, that's Moffat going, ha-ha, I got you guys again. You know, so I don't know. I, I can see it both ways. One, I, you know, if, if this is it and, and she's gone as a character, okay. I can also see as a she could come back because it's Doctor Who. I mean, there, there's – how many times did we kill Rory? How many times did we – I mean, there, there's no – yeah, she has died twice before, and then yeah. went through the timeline, and who knew if she was going to survive that? So, so there's there's no real. I think that also kind of downplays the impact of her actual death. Is we've been through her death twice before, so now I'm not going to feel as much because who knows if that's really true death? And I, especially with the snowman story, that death was so sad and so tragic that this is just kind of like, well, yeah, yep, okay. Well, I think, though, that you have to keep in mind that those were splintered Claras. That's this true. This is no longer splintered Clara because that, that's been resolved. This is Clara that, Prime. Yeah. That is also true. <laughs> so, but, but emotionally, I'm not as yes, invested no, because you're of right. that. See, and that, well, you're that's right. what makes me wonder. Now, for, for the new Who Fool fans, me twice. Which makes it a bad idea to kill this particular... Al- although, that being said, I don't think there's any companion. other way... The way they were writing her, she would leave. There's... You had to do another trapped in an alternate dimension, like Rose sort of situation. There's, she would never or stuck at, in a at time. The, at this point, she would never like walk Rory away. Rory and Amy, who are stuck in yeah, a, a remember, place, we she can, can't go back. We, we we ripped that apart of why they could come back. Well, and and Amy and Rory, I think had had that ending not happened, they would have reached a point where they stopped traveling with the Doctor, which they had already done once before. They they would have said goodbye. And thank you for all the wonderfulness, and and gone about their lives. They could have gotten off that carousel, and so that's one of the things that the the, the Amy and Rory ending almost feels that forced from a way that we're going to rip them away from you because they could have had a happy ending. The way Clara's been going for the last two years, it's been leading up to this moment. It's been leading up to something. Yeah, the way bad they've been building her character, her. there's, there's no just other, no, there's yeah, just no other yeah, option. Yeah. It's not going to be a she's going to decide to get off. It's going to be she's going to be thrown. And so th- there was that. And I don't think they do a locked away in another time again. Yeah, no, you'd have to. And I mean, look, we've not. And it's been killed. since Adric. I was going to say we've not killed a, a proper a, companion, a proper companion, legitly. That hasn't come back <laughs> since. Since right. I, I suppose you could argue River, but um, since just, Adric. just because that was backwards, and we don't count Astrid because she was not. It's just a one-off. Yeah. Well, and River wasn't ever dead. Dead yet. I mean, she's, yeah, that's true. She, they put her. They put she her survived. essence in yeah. a in a in a uh, her memories and her spirit in a computer. So, so. so now Clara joins that echelon of four, right? If I remember. 
She's now the fourth. Sarah Kingdom. Uh, oh, the gal that was only Katarina. On. Katarina, that's it. Uh, Adric and Clara. Oh, Astrid. <laughs> if we count her as a companion. She's a companion. Chameleon, then, in that aspect, too. Huh? Chameleon, then, too. <laughs> okay, as much as I hate to be that guy. The companion guy? He got shrunk down to a useless toy, pretty uh, much. Yeah, and erased and destroyed. I guess if you're not, you're not, uh, yeah. I wouldn't count that, though. <laughs> See, that's, that's hold, on right. hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you can't count Astrid if you don't count Astrid if you don't count Chameleon. No, 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 Chame- Chameleon's a companion, but to me that's not death. <laughs> I don't think he's down. coming back. <laughs> Although, wouldn't that be a kick in the pants? <laughs> All these people that are going, oh, it's it's Susan, oh, it's the Ronnie, oh, it's this. That's Chameleon. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> nobody die after all. Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. There's a part of me that wonders, would I feel differently? And, and don't get me wrong. I think on one level, Clara's death was handled well. It was noble. It was tragic. It was everything that had kind of been built up and resolved and implemented and, 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 and done. It didn't come. It wasn't like, oh, let's pick on Star Trek, for example, who's only done one character death well, and all the rest of them have been forced <laughs> and meaningless. Right? Yeah. yeah nobody can argue that point. <laughs> And this was not a giant oil slick coming out of nowhere and whopping Claire upside the head and going, oh, well, she's dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> is this a contract dispute? What happened here? <laughs> so if, from that regard, I think it was handled well. But maybe because I knew going into this that it was going to happen. I mean, as soon as she took the 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 clock, as soon as she took the tattoo and said, give it to me and I'll take it, I'm being, you know, it's clever. It's like, you're being too clever. You're being stupid is what you're being. Yeah. You're being careless. So now all of a sudden... Which comes down to the whole people online saying, well, Claire had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I can kind of sympathize with that. Yeah. I mean, to it, some extent. In, in a, in a it's way, been building to this. It, it In a way, that cheapens it because it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's poetic justice. But it's Clara thinking she's cleverer than she is because she's emulating the doctor and because she's trying to pull this stuff off. And she's not. And she's being, realistically, she's being stupid. She's being irresponsible. She's being, well, she's being very irresponsible, but she's also being stupid because this is one of those situations that all she had to do was ask or say something. Now, the doctor would have immediately told her, no, that's stupid. You can't do that. But she would have gone, well, it was more out of your being concerned for me than out of the reality of the situation. She would have questioned. Question, and, and, yeah. and, and would have pushed back against that. So that's why she didn't ask. But the, the fact of the matter is, had she asked anybody else, <laughs> they could have said, this is it. Which has now become that thread that now that I've started pulling on it, leads to the next bit, which is, okay, so she takes the thing and, and, and becomes now doomed by this. And a shielder has this grand comment that nobody was going to get hurt. I didn't mean for this to happen. They just wanted the doctor, whoever they are, this, yeah. this ulterior motive. But I couldn't invite him here. I couldn't get him here. At no point in time could she, could, could she have said, it's a trap? At no point in time could she have let the doctor in on this? That she, this well, is why I had to lure you here with this? That she had to play out her end game to get... To, and then all of a sudden it's like... And now the whole thing starts to... Why would she have been cards. able to tell him, though? Because she still needed to get the... Uh, she still had to get the key from him. More, more than she that, had she to needed get the, to get the time te- ring. The telephone. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but it it's, totally looked sure like a time ring. Yeah. It totally was Except a, it got left behind. That's the only difference. Um, well, it was a, a port key. Yeah. No, because yeah. those port yeah. keys go with you. Yeah. There's a one-way teleport that stayed behind. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I have a theory behind that. That's it. it, it yeah. <laughs> Somebody else going to use that that was left behind, maybe? Well, I have more of a reason of why it was left behind. But oh. That's here, neither here nor there. That's for next week. <laughs> <laughs> I just... She could have said something. It's, this is one of those things that the, the, the whole episode leads up to... Now, you, haven't, you haven't satisfied why she... W- but why, why, why keep it a secret? Because she had to... He, he had because to, we don't know what's waiting He had to yet. completely... 
fall into the trap wholeheartedly. She because was it was being threatened. No, cha- held over her head was this alley and the protection of these people. And if she didn't run the plan, the doctor. if she hadn't delivered the doctor the way, I suppose if he she'd have told her he would have volunteered to go. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, we don't know what what's waiting for him. He might not have volunteered. Uh, yeah, to go. but. All, all she had to do, I don't care how badly their last encounter ended, all she Which had to do. didn't really end that badly. Yeah, it didn't end that badly. All she had to do was call the doctor and say, I'm in a jam. I'm being threatened. I need your help. They're after you and they're using me to get to you. I don't know what to do. And he'd have come running anyway. You only know that because you know the doctor. I don't yeah. think a shoulder knows the doctor that well. I don't think she, that she, she also I think knows she thought she was using she the only the, way the, that the, she possibly could have. She knows the darker side of the doctor, yeah. the fallout of the doctor. I, I disagree with that. I think that she had to go through with her plan. She thought she had to go through her, her plan because of her experiences, her two experiences with the doctor. Now, she has studied up on him. We did. He did reveal that, that but she's... She like Keith just said. She knows the dark doctor. She knows she doesn't know. There's nothing in her experiences that would tell her that he would come running. She, she because she kept waiting for him too. And but but the, the previous episode, she she talks about the fact that she deals with the fallout. That she's there for all the people that get left behind. So she knows his mo. She knows what his you know. She's interacted with all these people. That's probably how she met Captain Jack. I, you know, if we're well, see, all no, I, I, no, I mean, no, I don't think she's interacted directly with these people. I think that she's worked behind the scenes because I still think she thinks of the doctor as this bad influence on these people, and I think she feels like she's coming behind. I don't think she him. steps in and gives them counseling. Yeah, no, it's it's not like I, no, I think it's. Just, I think she makes things easier on them indirectly, having been left behind because she feels like she's been she was left behind by. Him. And so I I don't get the impression, no, especially from that conversation. I don't get that. I think she still thinks the doctor's a bad guy and doing the wrong thing by leaving these companions behind. I think she's the yin to his yang, and I think that ultimately is what dri- drove her to think she had to trap him all the way to. I, I completely disagree that she. You only know that she all she had to do was call him. And he would go because we know the the true nature of the doctor. She doesn't know that true nature of the doctor. In all of her experiences, which have only been two occasions, and all of her research and study of following up and and taking care of the left behinds, she still thinks of him as this reckless, dark guy who is using these travelers as pawns. That's what she sees. See, I don't know that I buy that. I'm not not saying that she's setting up, you know, weekly support group meetings. (laughs) Hi, my name's Bob. I was left behind by the doctor. Hi, Bob. I, I don't think that's going on. And I agree that it's it's done very behind the scenes. But I think there's a mountain of knowledge that's there. There's a mountain of information that she would have access to from all of these different encounters. Not just her two, but for you know anybody and everybody throughout her history, which we was is two thousand years, right? I mean, she's almost as almost. old. Almost, not quite. Um, and. So that's a lot of contact. And as much time as he spent on Earth and as many people as he interacts with on Earth, that's a lot of file cards in the in the notebook to go, here's an instance, here's an instance, here's an instance. And they can't all be negative. They can't all be bad. They can't all be, you know, they can't, th- they there can't has to be still, enough evidence there to counteract whatever They can't if she's only seen what she wants she to see, which yeah. I think that's the problem. I think she's only seen what she wants to see because she still feels jilted by the doctor. Even even Clive, if you go all the way back to Rose, who was compiling information on him on the Internet and you know thought that his, companion, his constant companion is death and every time he shows up there's a disaster, even he only had part of the story. <laughs> well, yeah, and she you has know. only that part. I think she... I, 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 she would have a lot more of the story than what he had. Uh, so I just, I, I just, there's, there's a lot of that that just doesn't yeah, I jive well enough for me to, to buy that. We're gonna have to disagree with that one. Yeah. Even Davros called and he went running. I mean, come on. <laughs> so wait, didn't Davros had to trap him there? <laughs> she, tri- yeah, he tricked. He him had too. to trick him into. Yeah, coming. but he was going before then. He knew he was going before. That's why he was throwing the party. Colony Sarf showed up and and. The doctor knew he, he was going. He didn't know where he was going. He knew he was going. That's why he gave away the confessional in the first place. He knew he was going. And he knew where he was going. 
not where, but he knew whom he was going to go to. Well, you saw how that worked out for Davros. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not who's after him this time. No, no, no I, I don't think, think so either. But I don't know. Like I said, it's just I, I, I really wanted to believe that this was a very well constructed, elaborate trap within the story, which was also elaborate and, and well constructed. And the more I think about it, the more I the more I hem and haw about it, the more I'm coming down on the. I don't think it was necessary to be that convoluted. I think you could have told this story with a much more straightforward approach and still come up with the, the you know, I mean, yeah, we got some of the nice ethical moralizing in about is this right and is this wrong and, you know, the street and what you're trying to do with the trap street and everything. We got some fun moments with them doing the TARDIS flyovers and looking at maps and all that kind of stuff. That was all great. That, that was that was fun adventure Doctor Who stuff. And then we get the heavy ethics stuff and that's fun. But just the way they went about resolving some of the stuff with these aliens in the street, which is kind of like, mm, I don't See, know. I, I wonder if some of the, the trap aspect of it will be later revealed of her motivations also, why she had to go through it that and way. It could be. I mean, it, it, we, we don't know what's coming in these next two episodes, other than we know that you know, the next one is Capaldi pretty much on his own. Yeah. And that the final episode is... We don't even know that much, because we only got a quick next time on, and it was one scene. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know who he's with, which I was very appreciative for. I yeah. liked having the next time on Doctor Who teaser <laughs> instead of trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, wh- whatever winds up happening, yes, it's entirely possible that they could wrap up some of these dangling bits and pieces. And, and maybe Shielder will come back and maybe there's, maybe there's more to the story than what's being told. I very much get the sensation that as much as I would have liked the sleep monster and the dust explanation <laughs> from last week to have happened in this episode, I kind of knew it wasn't going to. I kind of am of that you same mindset. That I can hope that they're going to give me more. I don't think they will. I think this is what I was served up, and it's up to me to decide whether or not I need to send it back to the kitchen. Now do, I do, think... Um, do you think part of why you're holding on to the fact that she might come back is your hybrid theory? No, because well, have you abandoned no, that I've theory? kind of abandoned that theory. I think that the, I think it was a red herring. I think it's been a red I, herring since we've mentioned the hybrid t- three times now yeah. total. So, um, yeah. I, I d- d- despite what you just said, that kind of said the contrary. I I don't know that Davros will come back, but I have a feeling that it's the Daleks. I just I have the just this gut impulse that it's the Daleks that were setting the trap. Um. I don't have a reason for that, but I just have this this gut feeling that because Moffat likes to bring things full circle, he has almost in every season he's done. I just have a feeling that it, the Daleks will book in this. So I have a theory, but I won't spoil it for anybody who. Yeah, I'll write it down and see. Oh, that's right. You guys have seen that. the synopsis too. So. <laughs> uh, and who knows? Who does who indeed? Knows. All right, when are we going to come up on the schedule? Uh, I don't know because I don't have that in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> but you write the schedule. I you do should write just the schedule. Know. You don't have it memorized. You should just know it. I know what we're doing for Friday night. Who next? Why don't you lead off and tell me what we're doing? We're doing Arc of Infinity. Yes. For Friday night, who next week? That was decided upon, wasn't it? Fifth Doctor story. That was a thing. Three things and a lizard. Three things. Four things. Four things. Four things and a lizard. The thing. Four things and a lizard. Schedule's opening. Um, so yeah, Ark of Infinity next week for Friday Night Who. Peter Davidson and uh, Tegan returns and uh, Nissa Turlo's not in that one, is he? Nope. nope. No. It was before, uh, yeah. before Turlo. Before. Right before Turlo. BT. I think. BT. <laughs> And um, so we'll do that. And then obviously our uh, our review next week will be the uh, hotly anticipated, um, what's the name of it? Hellbent. 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 We can't, we can't wrap this up. We haven't talked about the doctor's angry. We haven't talked about the, the angry doctor, the speech. So talk about the angry doctor <laughs> speech. It was good. 
It was good. I don't know if I like the fact that Clara pulled the teeth out of it. <laughs> that's, that's another reason I'm kind of angry at well, this. Well, it's totally in fitting with her character, and it's needed. And I appreciate. There's a part of me that appreciates I, the but, fact that she's keeping him honest. But then the doctor puts the teeth back into it a little bit, yeah, saying, "I will try my yeah. best." That's what I got out of it. Was I'm going to try my, my best to do I right by her, but I'm not going to promise thought, Well, anything. he can't be vengeous, doctor, because he made a promise to Clara. But then he turns around and makes that little statement to a shielder, and I thought. Maybe he can. <laughs> I, 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 he I, can, just not to the level he would have been. Yeah. I almost would like, and since we've pushed this far down the rabbit hole, I would almost like to see the doctor go, you know what, I'm going to rain fire and destruction <laughs> upon you and your village and all of your people from now till the end of time, and then come to his senses and you know realize what a jerk he's being. <laughs> but, you know. I like it. I, I kind of like that it was Clara. That no, I, I liked the... the Clara taking the bite out of it because I kind of I like the fact that he had grown so close to Clara that anything she says to him keeps him from getting dangerous afterwards. And I, I like I like that because it seems like every time a companion is left that he was very close to, he goes into vengeful doctor mode. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually kind of t- tired of that. So by making that statement, it gave that 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 hope that. Just that he one thing not. she said to him will change him, that we won't get that same. See, and I don't think it's necessarily vengeful doctor. I think, I, I think just the way well, the, the, the brooding, tenet. Brooding doctor. Brooding doctor. With, uh, with, I'll give you, uh, uh, Matt Smith. Yeah. So. I'll give you brooding doctor. But Twice. We, we've doctor. only gotten vengeful doctor realistically during the, uh, the tenant specials. Yeah. And that's something that I don't think we necessarily saw at the time that they aired. It wasn't until coming back to it and going, oh... This is where, you know, yeah. this is where this is at. What's on the schedule? Oh, there we go. Uh, okay, so Ark of Infinity, Peter Davison, Heaven Sent is the, the next week. And then... Heaven Sent and Hellbent? Heaven Sent, Hellbent. Was it Hellbent and Heaven I Sent? I thought it was Hellbent. I probably have that backwards. Maybe. Whatever it is, it'll be episode know, 11. You guys have seen the synopsis, so you yeah. know better than me. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's episode 11. Uh, and then uh, we're following that with uh, uh, Friday Night Who to finish out this particular run with uh, The End of Time, part one and two. Speaking of David Tennant and the specials. It is Heaven Sent Hellbent. It is Heaven Sent Hellbent. Okay. Um, and then uh, on... Uh, December 11th, we will do uh, some trout, and we're going to do the War Games, parts one through five, which has been a long while since we've done that one. Um, and <laughs> just it's a bit of fun. It'll tie into our fun and games discussion, which uh, we thought we'd put one of those together just in time for you to finish off your Christmas shopping. And we're going to take a look at a few of the new Doctor Who, or in some cases, old Doctor <laughs> Who products that are on the market that you may be interested in purchasing uh, in a, a game-related environment. Then we'll finish off the war games, and um, then we'll have uh, something else, which I think might still be uh, <laughs> planning stages. And then uh, on Christmas, Christmas Carol with uh, with Matt Smith, and then we'll be talking, of course, whatever the unnamed Christmas special is for this season to wrap up the year. And this will be up on the uh, on the internet and uh, viewable. We have some 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 laundry to take care of off mic, but. Uh, other than that, I'm pretty happy with the way this year is going to f- finish up, I think. so. Uh, be sure that you're supporting us on Patreon if you have a chance. Um, all the money that you support, and we appreciate the su- subscribers that subscribe on Patreon. Um, all of that goes right back into this podcast so we can continue to bring you these episodes. And be sure to look through our click-through links online because uh, proceeds from that also go back into the show. You can find us on the various forms of uh, social media, which are... We are on Facebook, Traveling the Vortex. On Twitter, at Travel Vortex, Google+, Goodreads, Book Club, and Tumblr. And if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. And thanks thanks for for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.